It is now the first week of October, and that you know what that means. Halloween is on the way, so we're kicking Aww. things off with an appropriately spooky episode for Aww. you. We are going to be talking about a couple of big movies that we know you've seen. Aww. And if you haven't, well, now is the perfect time to check up on them. Welcome to Subo Tours. We like movies. We're your hosts. I'm Misha. I'm MJ. And I'm Anjo. And today, Woo-hoo. we are covering the films of the one and only Ari Aster. If you've seen Hereditary or if you've seen his follow-up, Midsommar, then you know what kind of shit we're going to be getting up to in this episode. (laughs) And cue the music. Not the I don't like the I don't like the whatever MJ's doing. I don't know. She sounds no. like she sounds like um the princess in Enchanted calling her animal friends. Ah, that's so not in theme. <laughs> so not in theme. I cannot for the life of me but be those scary. Sounds, but those sounds because thanks to Midsommar, you know, kind of reminds me of animalistic oh, things. Oh god. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. Can I can blah, I say guys why do we do this to ourselves? I Preparing for this episode, I watched Hereditary and Midsommar again. Yeah, you, why did you make me do that? Okay, why did I agree to why this? Why did it back to back? <laughs> I did it back to back. I didn't have to, but I did. Oh you man, you have only yourself to blame. Yes, it's you okay. do. It's I would okay. have taken a day day break, just you know, or like I wouldn't watch it back to back. I'd probably watch a Disney movie in between. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, honestly, it's, you know, it's okay. Ari Aster. <laughs> Today we are talking about Ari Aster and his films. Of course, you may know him as the director of Hereditary and Midsommar. These, um, as far as first impressions go, that is a hell of a one-two punch. Especially considering that Hereditary was his first feature-length film. On that note, what can you guys say about the homework that you had to do for this week's assignment? Why? I'm forever <laughs> traumatized. Even if I've seen this before. Why? You know, these movies are heavy enough that you can't... A lot of people say they wouldn't watch these again because it's just that fucking traumatizing. But we did. I, I and think, I guess it's an, yeah. it's an achievement to be yeah. able to have done that. Like, Why did I agree to this again? shit? I mean, really. Hey, Hereditary. Who, who suggested it anyway? No, no, no. Hereditary is one of those things you watch once and then you leave it on the shelf. Okay? <laughs> you don't watch it again. Ever. It's like <laughs> Salo and Schindler's List and other things that you watch once or Requiem for a Dream. Well, well, you watch it you... once and then you never... <laughs> Dancer in the Dark? couldn't <laughs> <laughs> process it anymore. You were, just name, you were just naming movies you were supposed to watch once. It's like, it's like trauma once. after trauma after trauma. Just reminding <laughs> of us of us of all the movies that I, we don't want to watch again. I will, say, I will say this though. If you ask me to watch Dancer in the Dark another time, uh, a second time, I am not going to be recording with you guys. I, <laughs> I could watch Hereditary again. That's fine. I can watch Midsommar again, but I cannot watch Dancer in the okay, Dark. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Like, Hereditary is like, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> We're not even halfway in and Misha's already crying. It's so <laughs> Are you questioning your existence now that you've seen Hereditary a second time? No, I'm just like looking at all the, you know, slightly darker parts of the room to see what's hiding there now. <laughs> Maybe on the top corner by your bed. <laughs> um, Lord. 
Okay, let's talk about movies and stop okay, talking fine. about talk. like dark corners right. and rooms because you know. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm honestly so, freaked out now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. thank, thank you for that. Yes, we had to hear that. Okay, lovely. Okay, something that um, is interesting about Ari Aster is that he started like a lot of young filmmakers um, by making short films. Oh my god, his short films on YouTube. You can find and them that's by something, the way. That's something that a lot of people might not necessarily have seen. Because they, maybe they're familiar with Midsommar. Maybe they're familiar with Hereditary. But walk us through this. MJ is the one who got us into the short films. She found them on YouTube. She messed up many, many nights this week of our sleep. Tell us, tell us about your journey with the short films of Ari Aster. Okay, mm. so um, basically, I was just curious. I was going through Ari Aster's IMDb to see if he has body another like more bodies of work besides the very famed Midsommar and Hereditary, mm-hmm. and most of them I saw were like short films. So one title really caught my eye and if you're a true crime enthusiast this would definitely get you clicking so i saw one of his short films was entitled munchausen you know how that goes already if you already know about munchausen syndrome and i just i just checked it on youtube and there is this entire playlist of his short films starting from around 2011 up to around maybe 2016 or so. So he has uh, he has a bunch of short films on YouTube and the first one actually starts off it's you know it's it's probably his beginnings really as a probably an a film enthusiast not really a legit director yet cuz the first one was in 3 by 4 and was probably recorded in some shitty handycam <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's called TDF really works and TDF stands for Tino's dick fart what uh, the heck is that <laughs> were you able to see it Anjo no <laughs> okay. I was busy this week so it's fine. I, I have the weekend to do that oh. whole short film deep dive but yeah uh, it starts <laughs> off You the, the first thing in the library is already kind of fucked up it starts off like kind of comedic But later on, evolves into some sort of advertisement for something to hold your dick farts in. And I wait. I'm sorry. I I don't have a dick. I don't have a dick. So there's no such thing, right, as a dick. I mean, like, what is a dick fart? No, (laughs) just confirming because I don't have one. I don't think that's a thing. But anyway, yeah, it, it 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 turns it into some messed up infomercial. Mm-hmm. And it's just I I just can't describe it. You have to watch it, you guys. So okay. in the beginning, palang, you know that this 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 guy Ari Aster, he uh, he is quite uh, he thinks very differently. The one uh, that the one that caught my eye was Bo. Oh, Bo. The one about the dude who can't sleep. Mm, yeah. And basically, it's about all the crazy supernatural shit that you know you would see because you you go slightly crazy. There's a reason that we need sleep. And um, it was a short film uh, about 10 years ago. And apparently that is going to be Aster's next feature. Oh, really? So… Yeah, something related to Bo? Oh, up. that's so it's cool interesting. though. Interesting. I think that's the one that Anjo mentioned 
in our cleaners episode now up on Spotify oh, and Google Podcasts his, his <laughs> and new, Apple Podcasts. Is, isn't he the um, one that's gonna have uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Joaquin in it. Phoenix. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, that's the one. And Joaquin Phoenix could totally play a guy who doesn't has trouble sleeping. I mean, oh yeah. We, 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 we've seen him in The Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we've we seen him in real life. He's kind of weird. Yeah. Guys, you have? Guys, that's so the guy's cool. method. Uh, not, not in real life. I, but, I, you know. I thought literally in real life. No, like, there, oh there my god. Whole, <laughs> y- there was that whole year where he pretended to be, you know, crazy because he was going to go into a rap career and he grew a beard and he looked like a homeless person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, wait. I think I remember now what the this movie you're talking about is going to be titled. It's called. It's going to be called Disappointment Boulevard starring mm. Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Mm. I don't think we'll be disappointed with Ari Aster though. Well, anyway. <laughs> so far, he oh. hasn't disappointed us. Because no, even so- you, you could see it, him evolve in his short films from like 3 by 4 Handicam mm-hmm. footage and maybe mm-hmm. towards the end, or I I wasn't actually able to finish all the short films because I wanted to save my mental health. So I <laughs> I watched at least up until like half of the playlist. But Munchausen already actually what the one that caught my eye when I was looking at IMDb was very cleanly done. As in this is where this is where you know when you give the guy a budget, it, it just looks so good. And because of his deep concepts, he's able to pull it off even better because. He's got the budget for it. He's got, mm-hmm. you know, producing. Something that something that I was impressed with with the short films, really. Because like, if you look at Hereditary, you look at Midsommar, something that really distinguishes them from a lot of the cookie-cutter horror movies that come out now is that there are… The jump scares are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. And yes. often, it's not something where, you know, something off-frame, out-of-frame creeps up on the hero or whatever, it's no. usually something that was right there with them. Yes. You, yeah. had, no f- yeah. you had no I, idea. I, I it wanted was always to touch there. on I wanted to touch on this 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 particular subject about jump scares because that's what that's why I think Ariaster shines is because he's he's not your typical horror film director. I mean you've seen Hereditary, you've seen Midsommar. And he doesn't really utilize, you know, cliches of jump scares, but he will just put it right in front of your face and leave you to be mm-hmm. I think that's how how well he builds or creates tension in the movie, mm-hmm. or you know, or that feeling of of foreboding that you know there's a there's something there that's wrong. That, it can, that's it can the be thing. A, that's the thing, and 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 a lot of the time, especially in Hereditary, it isn't always something that's necessarily articulated. A lot of the time, it just has something to do with the character's emotional state. But even if you're going to be talking about the supernatural shit that's right there in your face mm-hmm. before you even know it's there, that reminds me of something about like you know how kids are scared of the dark, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, something you always tell the kid is like, you know, there's nothing there in the dark that wasn't already there in the light. I think the reverse is true for fucking Ari Aster movies <laughs> because everything in the dark is fucking scarier in the light. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And instead of having these jump scares, where usually in a typical horror films, you get the jump scare and then you're like, oh, ha 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 ha, oh, hey, that, that scared me. Exactly. But there's catharsis. Here, here it's like, it cuts deep, yo. It, it like goes yeah. in like, deep oh into your God, psyche why? and like traumatizes you and scars you deep inside. That's how it it's goes, like, man. Because it's so blatant. It's so blatantly there. Whatever is scary is so blatantly there. He just presents it. He just puts it there and it makes its presence felt for the whole ride. And you know it's there and it's not going away. That's why I guess it deeps. It, it deeps. It cuts deeper. <laughs> but as, also you know, because he's not… Re- re- because also because he's not like resorting to you know jump cuts and oh, jump no, scares. Yeah. It lingers. Um, it's just yes, yes, yes. But the reason I brought it up is because 
that's also apparent even in the short films. Yeah. Which is weird because they're only like 10 minutes long, 15 minutes long. But when you're watching them, you get sucked in and you get this overwhelming feeling of dread that you can't explain. Mm -hmm. And that's something that he can do if it's like something as dreary as a, a, a funeral parlor or, you know, bright sunny flowery fields yeah yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what i think that's what's genius is because like in the case of midsommar it's just so far off from your typical horror movie where everything is so bright everything is so presented bright. all the fear all the terror is presented mm-hmm. during the day mm-hmm. you know that that's probably the bri- that's probably the brightest horror movie i've ever seen mm-hmm. ever definitely same for me <laughs> okay you know so l- let's start at the beginning, okay? So let's start where his career really hit the mainstream. Let's talk about Hereditary. Now that you guys have seen it again and you've subjected your loved ones to watching it around you again. Hey, I watched it alone. I watched it alone. Come on. Okay, okay. Did you did you watch it with someone? No, I hate you all. Right. <laughs> Watching alone. I'm not, you know, I'm not dang I'm not gonna subject Deng to hereditary. <laughs> and, well, to be fair, actually, the first time I saw it, I watched it with a bunch of friends at night in Baguio. I mm-hmm. that that was probably really stupid of us mm-hmm. because fucking Baguio is fucking haunted. Yes. But, yes, it is. But it was Very. it was fun because we were all in the same room. There were a lot of us just like screaming our heads off. But the second time I watched it alone, even in the broad daylight, I knew what was coming. But it it's still it's still like ah, ah, there it is, there it is, fuck. <laughs> Absolutely yes. That was so messed up. Why do we do this to ourselves again? I don't know. But but hey, right. Tony Collette was amazing. Tony Collette's fucking amazing. She, she's yeah, always no amazing, doubt, no doubt. But um, okay. Takeaways. Seeing the movie again with fresh eyes. <sighs> what you got? Uh, I fucking hate myself. You know, I, you, you know, you know, watching it again and understanding more about the background of 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 what whatever entity that was mm-hmm. kind of made it scarier for me. Like I couldn't bear to watch Charlie again. Oh my god, Charlie! Re- realizing, Charlie. realizing, Creepiest fucking kid ever. Realizing all that clicking. Mm-hmm. Was already a sign of like that you're possessed. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly, like all that clicking was already a sign of possession. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I was watching this at night. I was watching this after dinner you, you, while you're my a kid dumbass. was asleep in his crib. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's the movie about? Uh, uh, well, uh, okay, it's about passing on tradition. I, I can't really say it now. Uh, I'm, I'm too bothered. Okay. I'm alone in the fine. room. Okay. Fine. It's about… Fine. <laughs> Alright. So it starts off with… Um, with uh, Tony Collette or Annie, the lead character in uh, this movie. Mm-hmm. She uh, and her family are experiencing a huge loss. that Which is um, her mother, a.k.a. the grandmother of the family. Matriarch the matriarch of, of the family. family. It, mm-hmm. it starts off really dark already because it starts off with a fucking funeral, bro. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. So this is, um, after the funeral, this is basically how the family manages to navigate through their grief and their loss, especially um, through losing. <clears throat> and, and and a lot of other family issue, issues, a lot of family issues, issues come <laughs> up as well. Kind of like the parent, Parent-son angst or, you know, how 
how Annie Resentment. is really trying to push her kids into okay, no, it's okay. It's gonna. She's trying to be the strong one and pushing her kids to maybe uh, attend parties or cheer up and whatnot. So you know that's where mm-hmm. it also keeps going south. And uh, later on, they discovered like crazy shit. Their matriarch or grandmother was up to, and it just unfolds. But, 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 but before that, with- before that, they. They get a double dose of tragedy oh, when yeah. Charlie dies. Yeah, the, early yep. on in the, the film. youngest daughter who is thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? Because the first time I saw this, Charlie was it was marketed the most because you you thought she would be in the movie for a while because she would be in the promotional promotional material, the posters, mm-hmm. in the trailer, mm-hmm. and then like what first fifteen minutes she yep. dies. So it's like. <gasps> And it in the no. most shocking way. It is. It is. <laughs> she dies in such a fucking. It, it happens so fast. Like if you blink, you will literally miss how she dies because it all happens so and fast. And it's really sad because you know she was always very headstrong. Oh, oh. oh dear God! Too oh, soon. Oh shit! Is I it? guess she'll never get ahead in that. Ah. Oh, oh my God, God Misha. <laughs> She'll never be the head of her own firm. Oh, shut up. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, she might lose her head, you know, one of these days. Then. Mm. Well, she did. Mm. She did. Ooh, she did. Yeah. That's actually one of the better horror movie kills of the last couple of years. Fuck yeah. Um, for me though, it's like if they were already concerned about this kid, right? That she could have anaphylactic shock, like at the grandmother's Party. funeral. And they were all concerned that they forgot the EpiPen. Why didn't they bring one to the party? Why was she even responsible at the party teenagers. in the first place? I think that was… Because her mom was an idiot and the kid was a double idiot for not checking the cake if it had nuts. Oh yeah, that's kind of dumb. Well, he's a but teenager. You're 13. You should know that to check <laughs> well, what you're eating. Almost. And, uh, the kid well, was, that, yeah. that issue comes up because later on… Later on, what the tension between the last remaining members of the family, mm-hmm. the parents and um, the kid, the, the, the son, Peter. Peter, they acknowledge that mm-hmm. it was an accident. But then, of course, Peter feel, feels all the guilt. But, of course, some guilt is also brought up onto Andy for forcing, for forcing Charlie to actually go to that party where she will just be totally out of place. Like, what, what I, mom I, believes? That was, that, I don't that, that, what understand. What mom believes that, that he is going to a party without drinks? You're in high school. And bring your little sister. I'm like, really? Really? That that conversation she had with him about him being an accident that she didn't really want him. Man, that was just a tough conversation to listen to. That that was like the worst dinner conversation Uh ever. You know how how much tension family dinner scenes can have. But Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. by far one of the most awkward and… Jesus, yeah. was all like, ever. I've why seen. can't you just admit that you were that 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 you killed your sister so we can deal with or it? Why so don't I can't deal with it because you're not dealing with it. And he's all like, "Well, you made me bring her." God, damn. I felt but so we, sorry we, for the dad. Should, he was just like stuck in the middle. Okay, before I know. Okay, before we move on, I just wanted to point out that Annie had grieving and uh, had issues processing her grief. Yeah, yeah. Like, her she mom would palang. talk to her. From mm-hmm. her mom, Your so crazy like she, abusive mother. Ugh. And then she expressed her thoughts to her husband, who was a psychiatrist, that she couldn't, she didn't know what, how she felt. Like she didn't know if that was actual grief. 
Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel anything for her mom. Maybe she was just projecting her frustrations to her kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, fucked up. The too. mom, by the way, I mean, as mentioned earlier, was played by Tony Collette, and she puts in a brilliant performance. I think she goes through every emotion under the sun in this Jesus movie, sometimes Christ. all at the same time. <laughs> I still remember if, her face. <laughs> For those of you who have long memories, you know, she was also the mom in um, The Sixth Sense. Oh, fuck. So she's got some, she's got oh, such a shit. fucked up yeah. filmography of being a tortured mother with children who see dead people, basically. Uh, she's perfect for it then. I, I, I legit <laughs> knows, I have a friend who is legitimately scared of Toni Collette ever since Hereditary. Like, she cannot watch any Toni Collette movie ever what? anymore. Like, yeah. Because of how scarred she is with all the faces Dude, sh- and things yep. that she does she in this fucking movie. Hi, Hazel. Will she, will she Will she? watch that movie where Toni Collette was in with Mia Verdalos? That movie where they pretended to be drag queens? Muriel's Wedding. Is that the one with David Duchovny? I think so. Because, like… <laughs> <laughs> That's far from the Tony Collette that we see in Hereditary. No, 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 no. David Duchovny is not in that, but but she is in that. That but Tony Collette is in that because um that something I I swear I completely forgot because I've been watching her in American movies for so long. She's Australian, guys. Right. Yep. So it's yep. always weird to me when she does interviews and she speaks Australian with the accent. Huh. Interesting. That's Actually, what I meant. For- I'm not racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, back to the movie. Back to the movie. So, okay. So, grandma's dead. Daughter's dead. Weird shit starts happening. Tony Collette is losing it. Because, you know, she's already got issues processing her grief. She does not need spirits from the underworld. <laughs> butting in. I mean, like, who would she lose definitely it? does not need <laughs> the bitchy woman, Aunt Lydia from Handmaid's Tale, oh my God. teaching her how to do a seance. Hey, Joan. Her name is Joan in the movie. Aunt Lydia teaches her how to do a seance. <laughs> oh my God. But I... Ito naman tanga. She does... At home. She wants to do the seance herself. Although I understand. Hey, whatever she needs to process her I, uh, grief. Uh, yeah, that gawin. I understand because she's probably in this state of either such deep grief or denial that she w- or anger or all the emotions yeah, she w- that she she wakes up her whole family in the middle of the night. Guys, we gotta do this because family power. Well, that's what she was Family told. powers. <laughs> it sounds like it's a Powerpuff Girl thing. But, Family powers. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. I understand because if there's something that both movies have in common, it's how people navigate grief and how it can go yeah. horribly wrong. So in mm-hmm. Hereditary, you see the beginnings of this theme going on so far for Ari Aster that mm-hmm. you can make stupid decisions in, in the name of… Um, just wanting to communicate with people who are long gone from your life. You lost. But, you know, <laughs> awkward laughter. <laughs> I suppose. But it really doesn't end well for anybody, no. honestly. No, or actually, there's no this one. looming question of did she… Did they stand? I thought you said looming entity. Eh? But well, that included. <laughs> There's also this looming question if they even stood a chance because it was being planted from the very start that you know they are oh, fucking up. hell when they were talking about Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I wasn't going like Hamlet, but you know, it's it, at the same time you're like, what could they? What could they? They have done differently. I feel like they they couldn't. They, couldn't. they had they no couldn't choice. They couldn't escape it. Title. 
No, I mean, they like, literally I, I, were taking up Hamlet in the beginning. Oh, Remember, Peter was in right, class, and the right. teachers all like, yes. "Was he fated to do oh. with all of these things? Could he have avoided these things, or is it because of his heritage?" And he was always, it was always gonna happen this way. Parang yun yung tanong sa kanya. Yeah, well, that, that's what the teacher was asking. That is amazing. But he was checking out. He was looking at the girl's butt in front <laughs> of him, like all teenage boys probably would have done. We'll go back to. I will to neither confirm or deny. Let's just confirm it. As we go on with the conversation. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but then, the feeling ko kasi, like, they were really trapped. Title palang ng movie, eh? like, hereditary. Uh-huh. There are things you inherit from your, your, your ancestors, your parents. Like, sometimes, like, in this case, puta meron ka palang invisible family member na sumasama sa inyo, eh? From generation to generation, and, uh... eh? ba? <laughs> but then, you know, like, in some cases, like, in, in, in the normal world, like, some people, Inherit like certain mental health issues or certain you know certain sicknesses. health issues and ge- sicknesses. Well, look, like, that's one thing to inherit. It's another thing to inherit. You know the spirit of Satan's smallest lieutenant. But, oh my you know, god! Which apparently, uh, uh, apparently, Paymon is. He is the least of Satan's lieutenants. So yeah, you, you see know. how much havoc the least of his lieutenants can do. So, you know, he was talking about ha- they were talking about Shakespeare and predestination and destiny and all that stuff and all the baggage that comes with your family being who they are. It yeah, they they foreshadow it very early on and oh my god, this movie is so heavy. Why is it so heavy? <laughs> well, and it, it doesn't help that it's a slow fucking burn for it's the first such, three fourths. It's a slow burn. And then the last 30 minutes Either depending on your perspective, the last thirty minutes either reward you or punish you for sitting through with. <laughs> depending <laughs> the last on... thirty minutes just go by so freaking fast. I, I I don't know. Like I compare his his work or his 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 movies into to Chuck Palahniuk's writing, like where he he just overloads you with information, with so much information, so much facts or trivia in the first few chapters that it's so slow, and then you get to the climax, and then it's just. And then it's a payoff after payoff. It's payoff after payoff. Yeah, that's 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 what I think of Ariaster's work so that's far. True. You know, since he's just done. Two that movies. is just true. And if there's something I really appreciate about Ariaster, it's the attention to detail and that yes, and that, that yes. amazing plant and payoff. Like you see, I didn't. Ev- I've watched it twice, and I didn't even. Uh, it didn't even didn't even occur to me that yeah, all oh, right, even just as something as mundane as what was being discussed in class actually is mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. that could you know sh- foreshadow things and like or the, so many so many the, things about this movie or both movies actually th- that's what i love about ari aster is that like he's so good in foreshadowing mm-hmm. but it's so subtle and it's not it forced is. like how the, he does it the grandmother's necklace oh, or or mm-hmm. charlie's little mouth tick in hereditary like and then late it it, 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 it just it just <laughs> so it seems like some annoying it seems like some annoying habit that Charlie has, but when shit hits the fan and you hear that fucking sound, it's like putangina. And can we just add on the additional layers of creepiness, of inherent <laughs> creepiness? Because like Tony Collette's job in this movie is that she makes these little miniature models. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? And at some point she starts taking out her grief. In her work, on her work, by making like a miniature model of her daughter's decapitation on the road, mm. I'm like, what? That the is so hell? fucked up, bro. You do you do you know what else I thought of when I was seeing that whole miniature? You wanted model the diorama? Thing? No, no. Oh, okay, sorry. No, but well, it was kind of like when I watched this movie the second time, I just thought of it as like 
what if there was actually an entity that was, you know, invading their lives, watching their every move, and that was reflected in those scale models? Because yeah. it reflects the whole house, the family's activities, and Ari Aster would use that to transition into scenes. So it kind of like he used that as a way for, as a way to tell people subtly that, oh, there's something watching them. There's something watching Ooh, this family. And it's going to stay with them until the end. I'm going to see your unseen entity and raise you one more Christ. because as far from where from what I'm thinking what I'm thinking is that it still ties into Aster's own issues with the patriarchy because this entire fucking movie only happened because he wasn't happy with a 13-year-old girl body he wanted a boy body. Right. Oh, that is also that, right? That, that's yes, literally that is... it because it's a, it, it was in the scripture, right? That mm-hmm. it's a very chauvinistic male-centric demon. So he covets a male body to possess. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, you know, he's, he's the pot-smoking eldest son. Well, it's actually Charlie. But then after Charlie dies, it, it, it suddenly… Like, um, this is their opportunity, probably. They kill off Charlie so he can leave that right, body. Right. And then they go after right. Peter so he can finally have a healthy male host. <laughs> I'm getting chills just talking about this. So all these people died because <laughs> Demon wanted penis. Y- yes, essentially. Yeah, essentially. Fair yeah. enough. Um, you know who has the most thankless role in the this dad. movie? It's Gabriel, the dad. Gabriel the dad. Byrne the as dad. the dad. Oh, he suffers so much. He was much. like a throwaway character. But, he, bit of who, a throwaway but he was character. so fucking was, good. Again, it was a thankless role, but he brought a lot of good stuff to did. it. And it's yeah, funny that his name is Gabriel Byrne. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay. Wait. I, I, I know, you know, I know I'm not going to, you know, it may be a thankless role, but I'm going to call it lit. Yeah, <laughs> Ariaster, Ariaster was on fire. Because, <laughs> like, you know, okay, well, Gabriel uh, Byrne is usually like a bad guy or a sketchy character. You know, he was in the usual suspect. He was Kaiser Sose, right? He no, was, not- he was. He was one of the Kaiser Sozies. Yes, yes. Uh, he was also another He was also the devil in the Sixth Day against Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was so fucking stupid. But I here, watch that he's movie like again. he's the only decent person in this entire mm. movie. He is, mm. and you kind of understand how he looks at his wife because, um, you know, he's he knows her <laughs> with fear. He, well, yes, he knows her the best, <laughs> and when she is starting to become unhinged, you know how. You, you can see the struggle in him. Do I indulge in whatever crazy shit she's asking me to do? Or do I get help mm-hmm. because she is just, she looks like she's going out of her mind. There's, you can really see I, that struggle within him. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I was actually impressed that he was really trying to keep things together. Like even after his firstborn decapitated his daughter, you know, he was still trying to tell him, you know, yo, study for your exams, take your SAT review class or whatever. But he was trying to be normal when everything around him was just so not normal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so Terry. Yeah, he was was amazing. Let's talk about… Can we move on? Can we move on to something that's a little bit brighter? Sure, let's talk about the ending. But it was equally- very well lit. <laughs> <laughs> the ending was very well lit. I mean, if every time that fucking demon showed up, you know, uh, you know, you it it would light up the screen. Oh god. Ooh. And you know, heads will roll. <laughs> heads roll. The fucking bodies were flying. 
You know? Uh, Heads and did roll. so much, so much middle-aged nudity. Oh, yes, there is a lot of that. But like, mm-hmm. wh- why do all these cults always have to get naked? I mean, really? But going back to what Anjo was saying in such great plant and payoff, even mm. if there are a lot of things that unfold later on, like when you discover like, oh, grandma was apparently some sort of high priestess of this cult, which, you know, mm-hmm. caused the this demon to possess one of the kids. And, you know, it just unfolds yep. from there. And Joni really doesn't help by preying on on Annie's grief and everything to get her to do all the seancey and creepy shit. But first off, you can't trust her because she's Aunt Lydia. <laughs> and second of all, second of all, Joni, she had yeah. like one of the welcome mats that like the, the like the grandmother used to make. So, you know, you, she was you always knew. sketchy. Yeah. She was. Here's some magic words. I don't know what they mean, but you got to <laughs> say them to call the spirits. I'm like, don't listen to her. You fucking Very, It just, you know, again with that statement of you just can't blame people if they just have, are that desperate to communicate with their mm. dead loved ones. But yeah, but it unfolds so crazily. I swear to God. Yes. Like, who yes. knew? Okay, so apparently there, there, there's an issue that comes up where apparently their dead mother's grave was sort of like vandalized or, you know, she was dug mm-hmm. up. And where do they <laughs> find the headless body? Up in the attic. Fuck that shit. Because of course, where would... And, and Gabriel Byrne's first impulse is to blame his wife. She's like, Oh, because he didn't know his wife was going to group therapy, yeah. right? He didn't know his wife was talking about her grief. He figures all these nights that you've been going out to the movies, you were digging up your mother. So like, is that really, really what you thought? You thought that she went out every night, dug up a little bit more, and uh. you know, eventually dug up enough to bring home? Is this really your first uh. thought? I think it was just him trying to yeah. rationalize the unexplainable. Yeah, I understand him, so… <laughs> and. I guess he'd had enough also of trying to be the nice guy. Well, it could drive you crazy, especially if you're in the middle of all these arguments between your your wife and your son. All these arguments and all the deaths surrounding uh, your family. I gotta that say would, though, the, the this fucking demon, this paymon, is very subjective. Like when 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 Annie throws the little sketchbook into the fire the first oh, time, she, right? It just sets yeah. she caught fire. But when she tried it again later on, you know. Gabriel burned. <laughs> burns, 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 burns. I'm sorry. Burns, Gabriel burns. burns. <laughs> <laughs> like completely. It's like, oh, he didn't have the grace period of just having like one limb on fire. It's just well, maybe know. it's because this time he was ready for it. Like, oh, he threw the book. Or, or ah, I don't gotcha. know. Maybe, maybe he was gaslighting her. Oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he was waiting for a fireplace. <sighs> anyway, I just want to know who hurt Ari Aster <laughs> or what life lessons he took away that basically everyone with a penis is evil and deserves to be punished, <sighs> or will be a vessel for evil, as as shown by the reverse nativity at the end of this movie. Oh my god, that reverse oh my nativity! God, that, oh my god, that image just burned into yeah, me. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Okay. 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 <sighs> On to lighter things. Let's talk about Midsommar. Lighter nga ba? Actually, mas mas literally oh, lang. Yeah. But lighter. honestly, honestly, okay, mid- fine. It's honestly Midsommar though had so many more layers because 
Because Hereditary, yeah. mm-hmm. it's the debut film. And you wouldn't want to go yep. too crazy with a debut film. You still yep. want it to be a commercial success. So it's still kind of had horror movie elements since it was, you know, very dark, high contrast lighting and everything. And, you know, creepy as mm. shit and everything. But mid. Because every family has skeletons in the closet, but not all of them have Lola in the attic. I, I thought you were going to say, oh, everybody has skeletons yeah. in their closet, but none of them, not all of them have heads. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but Midsommar <laughs> just has so many more layers to it. And I this, this is, I feel like, because of the success of Hereditary, he was able to experiment more with with mm. Midsommar. And I really appreciated that. Because going in and you're I, watching it, it's yeah. so bright. You see the beautiful mm-hmm. fields of Sweden, so many colorful flowers and the forestry. Lies. Mm-hmm. All lies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, apparently all lies. False sense of security. Okay, I, I gotta be 100% you have honest no one here. To, you have no one else to blame but Pele and <laughs> I, I have a confession to make, okay? Um, I, I did a review of Midsommar uh, when it came out about a year and a half, two years <laughs> ago at this point. I don't… Shameless huh? Plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. No, what I was going for was, holy shit, it's been so long since I've been inside a theater. I just realized. But I I, I gotta admit, I I was not a fan of this movie initially when I first Mm -hmm. saw it. Because when I saw it, I was expecting a whole other Mm -hmm. movie. Okay? I was not expecting um, the parable that it, it, it eventually turned out to be. What I was expecting based on the marketing, based on the trailer and all those things, I was expecting something along the lines of The Wicker Man. You know? Where you go out into the countryside. You know that's a deleted scene. That's not even in the actual know, it's movie. Just like, it's, it's an internet <laughs> gem. I'm sorry. I just had to. I know it really is. I love it. I've seen it so many <laughs> times. But 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 here's the thing. Um, I thought it would just be another one of those, you know, nice little European towns with a crazy ass cult and a hero who gets out by the skin of their teeth. It and it didn't work for me mm-hmm. on that level. It only worked for me when um. When I saw it for what it was on a subsequent viewing, this is a fucked up <laughs> breakup movie. And I love how yep. that's what Ari Aster says during interviews. Like people ask him, and it makes it like you do ask that question. So what the fuck is all that about? And he just says it's a breakup film. So like, what the? That's the most fucked up breakup film ever. But it makes sense. Uh huh. So yeah, when you're he, watching he really it on hates, no, he really yeah, hates yeah, the patriarchy. Who hurt man. him or somebody he knew, or did he hurt somebody and learned a valuable lesson and is now did, did his dad for leave it? him or something? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Probably do a background check after we're <laughs> recording about. I, I, I guess nothing, life. man. I I don't know who hurt him or who he hurt or whatever. But okay, in the end, it makes for good looking cinema, and this oh, movie yeah. is fucking it gorgeous. Is. Yep. Okay, let's go to the beginning because it opens up with essentially a crime uh, scene and it's, it's as dark as dark gets. Yes. It's it opens up. Does. Again, we're going we're going to go back with foreboding because it opens up with a, a tapestry thing mm-hmm, before it mm-hmm. goes to a crime yep, scene. Yep. So the tapestry was a clue of the entire plot. Yeah, of it Midsommar. tells you the entire movie. That's right. In the opening, it's like cre- for in like the opening what? seconds. That's right. Five, five, ten seconds. You get to stare at that thing, and then it's like, hmm, what is this thing? Then you realize, yes. oh shit, that's what yeah, we saw again, in the beginning. But yeah, here, here we are again with Ari Aster's plant and payoff. Like even the smallest details. I believe even Danny's mm-hmm. room, or or with some of the rooms wherever they live before they head out to Sweden. Mm-hmm. One of those rooms has a painting of a bear in it too. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So yes, it's yes, just yes, like, yes. oh my oh. god, this production design, this is so well thought of. Really, like nothing is an accident mm-hmm. in an Ari Aster film. I swear. Mm-hmm. I, I I I think I've seen um a review uh, or read a review where they say they juxtapose the story of Midsommar to Alice in Wonderland in terms of Alice is being led into a different world and then Danny does the same thing like she's being led to a different world and she takes all these potions all drugs. these quote unquote drugs drink this drink this and then she, you know eventually she starts developing an appreciation for that world or oh, that, that does make sense no, doesn't it. Right? Yeah, she does take a chunk of mushroom, but it doesn't make her grow. But yeah, that kind of makes well, some kind of sense. Well, things grow out of her hand or her feet. Yeah, that was messed up. Okay, so let's go into story a little bit. So basically, Florence Pugh plays mm-hmm. Danny, and she loses her family in the most messed up yeah, of circumstances. Dude. Her her. Mm-hmm. And at again, the, stunning imagery. Stunning imagery. <laughs> but very and I was disturbing. Like, oh my god! I I. Actually, when they when they go back to the regular everyday life of Danny and her useless boyfriend and fucking useless boys, boyfriend, you know. sorry, had to, had to let that out. Uh, yeah, they asshole, established man. that right off the bat that the guy's a dickhole because you know he wants to break up with Danny, but he's like, oh no, our family just died. You know, okay, put it off first. Let's go to Sweden. That'll be <laughs> fun. Without inviting her, I'll invite her. Last yeah, week. not mm-hmm. even tell her that you already movie. booked a fucking ticket. Hmm. Literally, the movie wastes no time in saying men are shit. I don't know. I kind of like it. <laughs> I'm happy you're happy. And then they go, they go, they they go on their magical trip. They're gonna attend this festival, this uh, midsummer celebration of summer, of their buddy, of their Swedish Hele. friend, Hele. <laughs> Y'all gonna do that in chorus? Yes, <laughs> yes we are. <laughs> Okay, okay. So Christian, I, I the boyfriend, is basically a dick. He's absolutely useless piece of That's shit. A Sorry, I just really hated this character, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I guess the actor was effective in portraying. Poor man's Chris Pratt. <clears throat> Sorry. But when they get there, <laughs> when they, they, they get to your. Yes, the Christian is the poor man's Chris Pratt. Oh my God. Um, they get to the place. And it's they're basically your loud, obnoxious American <laughs> tourist backpacking stereotypes. Yeah. And that was Mark, the friend. Like Oh, the eyebrows idiot, guy. The mm-hmm. idiot friend. From Divergent. Yeah. Was that, was eyebrows it, guy. Was, what, what, right? what, what? No. Uh, from Maze the, Runner. No. Um, yes, Maze Runner. Maze Runner. One, one of those white. Also <laughs> that annoying cousin in one of those Narnia movies. Or the peg for, uh, the peg for Sid in Toy Story. Wow, Actually, you people, that, are, you people are assholes. <laughs> I swear to God, there wait, are wait, memes wait, juxtaposing wait, him and wait, Sid we're, together. We're, okay, we're we're allowed to feel bad for him because his dick was bitten by a spider in We're the Millers. <laughs> oh my God! But the eyebrows guy can't forget those eyebrows. Yeah, but yes, him. he absolutely looks like Sid. Now I can never unsee that. God, what's Sid. wrong with you, the people? The internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Danny. Just like in the previous movie, she's basically like Tony Collette's character Annie in that she's oh wait, her name is her name is also Annie, but with a D. Okay, Danny and Annie. She also has a lot of unresolved issues oh, yeah, with her family. It's she's she's got a a very suicidal sister, which eventually she does complete it. And takes her parents along with her. My God, that's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. And uh, even uh, that's one factor too that that kind of like brings her apart from Christian is that Christian 
when Danny's worried about her sister, she calls him up worried that she sent this very ominous email. And then, you know, Christian goes on and says he like, oh, she's down. just being dramatic. Whatever. But I just ignore it. And <laughs> mm-hmm. she's just giving you exactly. another panic then, attack. <laughs> 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 what what an asshole. asshole. Mm-hmm. No, even before that, she says, do you want to hang out? He's like, uh, you want to hang out? Did I say I was going <laughs> to hang out with you? It's like, uh, okay, I guess I'll come the over. Guy's just like, totally an asshole. What? He has no redeeming qualities, and he forgets whatsoever. her birthday. No. Yes, how oh, do you do that? It. Like, really useless sack of shit, asshole. But but, but yeah, going okay. back to the to the grieving part, uh, Danny at the start loses her entire family. Basically, her sister takes her parents along with her in her in her completed suicide, and she's left with nobody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if. I just wanted to point this out since we're comparing Danny and Annie. I don't know if this is a direction thing coming from Ari Aster or if it's great taste in picking his leads. But both Tony mm-hmm. and Florence have these guttural cries of grief that really make you feel the yep. deep pain the characters they're feeling. It's yep. like it's beyond, it's actually beyond ugly crying. It, it's it's you rarely it, see this kind of crying that, in movies because it's like pure you, agony. And you know, you know that, the crying. Tony Collette's that, like… <gasps> that, you, you, wait, that, I can still scene? hear her screaming from finding right? her kid's headless corpse the body, in the car. Annie, Annie was like… Uh, scene, you, like you can feel it deep down from her esophagus, her her screams of pain. Her yeah, diaphragm. Like, I wanna die! Oh fucking I've, shit, that was… That was uh, and Danny does that too. Like that one scene… That one scene where the camera was just zooming… Was it Dolly… Dallying in, or was it like tilting up when Danny found out that her family passed away because her sister killed them all and took her life with her? It was just so disturbing. Because I've actually heard that cry and it's so right. disturbing. I, I've heard it in person. Um, I'm just not going to go into details, but I've heard that kind of cry already. It, it, it's really it, not the most pleasant It's really thing not. Here. Yeah. And it's, it's so something heavy. you rarely see that that kind of deep anguish isn't usually seen in cries mm. in movies. Well, at least for the ones I've seen. No, I, or, I really wonder what they what he tells bah. his leads. Like whenever they have to have a scene it's, like that. <laughs> maybe Man. he kidnaps their puppy oh, no. and holds it hostage or something. But it's I don't really know. really deep and painful. Flor- you could feel Danny's pain. It's, it's yeah, primal. It's, you could feel it. And I, yeah. I had chills. Like, like I had chills down, running down my spine. Like hearing, hearing this. In my case, Danny's cry because you know it's the more recent it's just movie. Just pure seen. unfiltered yeah. anguish, honestly. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I well, I guess props to both all the actors and and uh, Ari Aster for this because that even just that cry is just uh, scars you. You know what he told Florence Pugh? This movie is going directly to streaming on the same day no. as cinemas. <laughs> that would work. As <laughs> ah, fair enough. Okay, so moving on, they get to the commune and Uh, they get their first indication that maybe this is not going to be the fun trip that we thought it was going to (laughs) be. What did they see? What was the name of that ritual? I forget the name, but you know, basically they saw. No, they Old saw they saw dying. cliff divers diving into oh not my water. God. <laughs> Shit. Diving into a pool of their own blood. Well, Ooh. Oh my god. Ooh. 
Hey, at least Lola dove in smartly. Like she just belly flopped on the so rock. So basically, their their introduction <laughs> to Pele's village or commune or whatever the hell it was is these two elders committing ritual suicide because they've basically come to an age where they're useless to society and so they're going to end things on their terms. What were your thoughts when you saw this the first time? This is where shit hits the fan, yo. Because everything is just so bright and happy and idyllic before that. And then, ta-da! Tinge mm. of… Well, not just tinge. Splatters of blood and insides hits the fan. and broken Explosion. limbs. You know, you don't, you, don't, don't you mean like head hits a rock, Misha? Oh my god. <laughs> it, it was just really messed up. No, and... I, I knew I knew like when I saw that that everything… Was gonna go yeah. downhill from there. If not for da- if not if not for the whole group, at least most of them. I feel bad for the dude who didn't <laughs> die right away. You no, know, he he had to suffer through like, that that broken leg and have to be hit in the face with a mallet mm-hmm. several times. God, like they hit him. Oh, like, that pretty face was smashed. <laughs> That's right. The male uh, elder who survived the fall and did not last long against the hammer. Um, he was actually the inspiration for a lot of the pretty boy blondes that you see in a lot of anime. Who knew? Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. We will post the pictures. We will because group. Anjo has a vast collection of pretty men. No, you sent the you sent that to me, Misha. I stole it from your hard drive. Yeah, Moving on. <laughs> Better like okay, okay. Imagine if you're Danny. I don't care how depressed you are. Why would you still want to stay know, in this place? Um, the, the the two other like um Ingmar's friends. What were their names again? Connie. Mm-hmm. Ingmar. Uh, Ingmar. Sarap sabi na pangalan niya. Ingmar. Yeah, those Connie British and, people. And Simon. And they and Simon. they were in their right Simon. minds to try to leave after that, but I guess. They were yeah. they were beside themselves. Yeah, and when they saw um, that. well, we know that uh, Josh, one of the other friends, aka Chidi from the Good Place, wanted to stay because hi, Chidi, still hi, a nerd, Chidi. still very much a nerd. Well, <laughs> he wanted to stay because he was doing his thesis on this whole ritual. So him, I understand, but everybody else, yes, yeah, fine, but everybody else, like, oh fuck, guys. <sighs> As the days go by, you know. People start disappearing. AKA Connie and Simon. Excuses start uh-huh. getting made. You know, excuses start getting made. Oh, he natid ko sa train oh. or you know, oh they. Isa lang kasi sa truck. Yeah, you mm. know. Oh well. Oh yeah, and we see more of Christian being an asshole oh. because you know, like the reason why he wanted to stay was because he wanted to do the same thing. Chidi, that Chidi was doing. <laughs> Chidi, Josh was doing. Yeah, that was such a dick move too. First, first he forgets his girlfriend's yeah. birthday there. And he has to be reminded mm-hmm. by one of his friends that who was actually… Pr- he's mm-hmm. probably into Danny. <laughs> yeah, Pele was probably mm-hmm. into Danny. Giving her like a sketch of her face and everything. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, Wasn't kissing he, her though? full on we'll in the to, mouth. We'll get into that Here's later. The thing. Here's the thing. The thing about like 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 in Hereditary, the crazy ass cult is something that you learn about halfway through the movie, right? But in mm-hmm. this movie, they see at the beginning that there's a crazy <laughs> ass cult. Why do they not run away screaming? Maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but maybe it's because Pele is there and there is friend, and it's his culture and it's his you know family ritual. It's either they don't want to be rude or there's still there's element of trust that. Pele is still there anyway. He's still yeah, alive. They, He's still breathing. They most likely yeah. feel safe. Yeah, but they put the cult <laughs> in culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, l- let's talk about the visuals because this beautiful. is a fucking beautiful movie. Oh yeah. 
So um, speaking of the visuals of both his movies, not just Midsommar, because both have stunning visuals. Ari Aster has been working with his no, film his his film school buddies, constant collaborator. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly. If I'm mistaken, I am so sorry. Pavel Pogorzelski. Pogo, yeah, Pogo, yeah well, I tried. I tried. Yeah, Misha well, can say you it tried. You tried. And and however you however his name is pronounced, you know his work really Brilliant. speaks for itself. Like I was so happy to Me see it too. on the big screen. I honestly. Was... I was happy not to see Hereditary <laughs> on the big screen. I was happy to see Midsommar on the big screen. I feel like screen. I still would have been happy to see Hereditary on the big screen. Fuck <laughs> no. Lola in the shadows. Know. Hell no. I'd still be happy. <laughs> I had a friend who watched Hereditary on the big screen not knowing what it was. And then when he just came out, he was like, I don't know what I watched. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for a horror movie to watch with his fiance. And then he just came out like, Idiota. But yeah, okay. Let's talk about the visuals. Seriously, what is there to see uh, in Midsommar? So much idyllic beauty of Sweden. Grass. You know, it makes you kind of want to go to Sweden, but not really. It's like you want to be there for the nice flowery um, meadows and everything. A- but do you actually want to come across the Harga type people? That'll make you think twice. It looks like the cover of an <laughs> ABBA album. <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> With the white flowy outfits and the flower crowns and the blonde hair and oh my, the blue uh, eyes. The you bright know, prior blue skies. to Midsommar, I've, I've found that aesthetic. Or maybe you can also call it cottage core these days. <laughs> cottage core. It was really it like is, bohemian it whatever? What was it? Bohemian yeah. whatever? Or something like, like that. 10 years but ago? Boho chic. Well, no. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a little Boho different. chic. There you go. But, um, yes. Now, after I've seen it, if you go through Pinterest and see that kind of shit now, it's not pretty anymore. It's like fucking creepy. It, you'll always associate it with Midsommar now. It's like, blah, flower crowns, blah, blah, blah. No. My, now, that we've all, now that we've all watched it twice, Pa. Uh, Speaking of watching it twice, you know, like we said before, um, these are things that you don't want to watch twice because they're just so messed up. But I actually appreciated watching it again, both of them, because there are so many things you will n- not be able to pick yeah. up on first viewing. Yeah. So you won't be able to appreciate yep. all this attention to detail. You'll only get to appreciate it yes, on yes, yes. multiple viewings. And that's how good it is. Like, you don't I, want to, I, but like, you get a lot from it. I, I completely agree. I completely agree because mm-hmm. I, I struggled through Hereditary the first time I saw it, to be honest. The second time I saw it, I was like, fuck, this is amazing. <laughs> And horrifying, but amazing. Fucking horrifying. Yeah, yeah. but then, um, I, I just, going back to what you said about paying like, close attention to detail, talaga. Like, you like there was this one particular event that happens, a series of events that happens in in Midsommar where this virgin was trying to wait, get the asshole boyfriend yeah, to mate with her because she was oh my Maya. God. She just got permission from the village elders that she could and have she a baby. She puts her pubes in. If it, you know this. Yes. If you notice one of the scenes in the <laughs> earlier parts of the movie before that culminating event happens, we see the whole process of her trying to enchant the man of her dreams mm-hmm. through a yeah, tapestry. It was. It was. was it a tapestry or yeah, she was, was, through yeah. a tapestry when the camera just and pans. Yeah, th- those like, are like little crumbs of clues already to what's going to happen. But even if you see that, you'll never expect it. That's, that's mm-hmm. just the beauty Absolutely. of it. Even if it's right there in your face, 
you're still gonna be like fucking traumatized yeah, when you, it happens. Because sometimes you just you just think it's just his choice of you know it's just a creative choice to do that because oh it looks nice and then you he just slowly embeds it in the story little by little. It's like oh fuck, that's genius. Something, it's really smart. Something that always amuses me about horror movies is that the people in them have clearly never seen a horror movie in their <laughs> lives. Mm, okay, yeah. and yeah. you know. If you've ever seen stuff like, I don't know, Hostel, you know better than to trust the beautiful European people who want to be your friend <laughs> under strange circumstances when you clearly are not deserving of said friendship or friendliness. Run the hell away. But okay, fine. This story, Midsommar, is really the ultimate breakup movie. And it's also excellent in making sure that everybody, everything that happens to everybody is something yeah. that they had coming. And that's where the plot and payoff comes into Me, play. Yeah, and I you see um, Mark, yeah. eyebrows guy, aka Sid. He, he, <laughs> Sid yeah. from he, Toy Story. He was also one of like the assholes. <laughs> he is probably one of… Well, he was probably the biggest one in my I opinion because of he what he did. He pissed on the elder's he, tree. Uh, the elders tree which they put or they dump the ashes of and their elders on so mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. an ancestral yep. and burying he just, like, ground fucking pissed yep. on it. and he just you know like the, he doesn't even care he doesn't can't even comprehend why the villager was so angry and they were explaining to him like you just pissed on my ancestors and he couldn't comprehend like what a dick mm-hmm. and then you have people like <laughs> Chidi who are like you know going where they're not supposed to go looking into things they're not supposed oh, well, to look his at thirst you know. for knowledge got him to the wrong places <laughs> and Christian's yeah. thirst oh, my oh that God. really got him Christian <laughs> that is this okay let's get the okay let's get to that mating scene well, since we're already there okay, okay. yep Walk so, us uh, one of the Walk most traumatizing Wasn't, or probably mm. fucking weirdest yeah, fucking. Fine. It is the fucking. Fucking. The yeah, weirdest the, fucking. It, it weirdest fucking. fucking. Fine. So basically, <laughs> Christian is already an asshole all throughout, you know. But here is where he just puts the cherry on top. You know what I mean? He pops one. Um. <laughs> so well, he puts the cherry yeah, on top yeah. by taking. So one. um. Yeah. He gets the he gets the blessing of one of the elders to mate with Maya. And you know, since he oh he is quote unquote so under weird. this love spell, but he didn't swallow the pu- he didn't swallow the pube though, so I don't think it fully worked. But anyway, so mm-hmm. he, here it is. He he is led pube. to this. He drank her, her her he drank her period blood though. Remember that one drink where every that one meal they had and his drink was pink. That drink was mixed with her period blood. Spot on. Look at the tapestry. Oh, ah. <laughs> so I guess it could have worked gross because you know she he did drink but, something okay, that fine, came not from gross. Her. I'm not gonna kink shame. I'm sure there's somebody who enjoys that sort of thing. strawberry juice lang no. I just said I'm not kink shaming. Okay, that wasn't me. But yeah, we 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 bring this is also where 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 we have more. Middle-aged people who are naked. Yeah, so basically, mm-hmm. he fucks this girl. He has the blessing to fuck this girl and impregnate her. But with all the other women naked and watching and mimicking her moans. Yep. Yeah, that, that was… Okay, but, yeah, that, was, okay, that was a little there bit off-putting. Maybe some uh, argument that it was… This whole Walmart. act was uh, actually rape. Because 
he was in an altered state of mind and he was kind of being forced into it. So who's the victim here? Old, I'm confused. By an old lady. Remember uh, that old lady pushing him? You're saying Christian <laughs> is the victim here? He was a willing participant. He was all for nah, it. I don't know if he was all for it. He was probably I forced into it because of the I can't believe you're defending this guy, Chris not, Pratt. I, I'm just… I'm, I don't know. Altered, I mean, they dearly drugged him. He wasn't sure of what he was well, doing. Well, either he way, he was still an asshole all throughout before that. So whether or not that was his yeah, choice, can, he still deserved what he gets in the end. But the worst part is Danny yep. sees mm-hmm. this and it absolutely breaks mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. once again. So that is so… Yes. Isn't that fucked up? That you true. see through that tiny little keyhole. Although she's been warned, like, that's not for you. Don't go there. Please, please. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. After winning the whole May Queen thing. But anyway, uh, she sees it through this tiny ho- um, keyhole. And what, what would you think about it? You have a room full of naked women encircling your boyfriend fucking another girl. That's messed up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it gets even weirder because after that, well, you know, like the old women on the inside are mimicking the sex noises. When Danny go loses her mind outside, <laughs> the young ones start mimicking her noises, yeah, but her anguish noises. That's that's where the 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 whole concept of like not hive mind, but the whole yes cult yes or the whole community is yeah. of one that that they are they empathize with other people. Is that because you see that in the first part where these two old people, you know, have do this whole you know euthanasia thing self euthanasia thing where yep. they start mimicking the 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 moaning of the old, of <laughs> bishojo guy or you know, like, <laughs> bishojo guy uh, or and then <laughs> or then they start mimicking the moans of pleasure of maya and you know the the cries, the guttural Oh yeah, cry while, while we're there, Danny. while we're there, um, uh, I love how Ari Aster has a good grasp of how cults work. Like because what of what Anjo mentioned, because I do know Anjo is a true crime enthusiast, just like me. But that's besides the point. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, cool. But anyway, yeah, it's a good grasp of how cults work because it always starts off with them being there for you as a support group, especially during times of need. So you have in Hereditary, Joan becomes any source of comfort after losing her mother and daughter. Yeah. And, you know, then teaches her the seance shit. And Danny here in Midsommar, obviously, Mm -hmm. they show more care and attention than that meat-headed sack of shit boyfriend of hers. And once you have that sense Mm -hmm. of belonging and family, that's when you get totally sucked in. (laughs) <laughs> Can I just share personal anecdotes? <laughs> so, the first time I watched Hereditary, it. it totally rem- reminded me of a running joke that improv is like some sort of cult. <laughs> so, bear with me. Okay, so we have these group games and everything. We're all about being one as a group and group mind and everything. And it hit me during the mating ritual. With the women in the circle mimicking Maha's moans. And also when Danny, you know, discovers this whole thing, runs off and, you know, they rush to her comfort and mimic her cries. So when I was match watching that, right. I was like, oh, that's kind of like a group game in improv. <laughs> so we, we do have games where we mirror and mimic each other. So we're all on the same page. So guys, I'm in a cult. <laughs> we we risk. 
seriously rethinking attending <laughs> one of your classes now. Wait. Just, it's just a running joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, wala pa namang, we haven't sacrificed anybody at this point. So I think we're fine. I, sorry. <laughs> you mentioned Christian yet. again. You, you mentioned… You mentioned Christian again, so I just remembered a scene that triggered lang ako. Na tayo kupal niya talagang tao, eh. Because remember when <laughs> Josh, Josh, Josh disappears and they they try to make it with seem like he ran yeah. away with the the elder's book. Nilaglag oh, niya yeah. na para we are in no way whatever associated or friends with <laughs> with Ch- Chidi. Josh, fucking Chidi, fucking Chidi, fucking Josh. Anyway, tayo kupal. Nilaglag niya yung kaibigan niya. Dude, that's why Christian he deserves. He absolutely deserves what he gets in the end. Let's All talk right. about that ending because um, what I said, what I what, uh, what I'm thinking is that it lines up very well with the ending of Hereditary. This is probably one of the most cathartic endings yeah, I've seen in horror of, movies. And, and to think that mm-hmm. in the end, it was Danny's decision. So Danny wins the whole May Queen dance competition thing. And she is being revered. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. wears this dress full of flowers and everything. And at the end of the whole ritual of everything, the celebrations, they have to sacrifice like the outsiders who are already dead at this point. So Josh… Uh, Mark, Connie, and Simon, who I feel like the, they didn't really deserve to die, but well, I guess, well, sorry, sorry, you're the outsiders. They were outsiders. Including, so. <laughs> yeah, including Ingmar. some of their own. And okay. the May Queen gets to choose who. She gets to choose, like, okay, you can either choose Christian or we will draw lots and see who else we can sacrifice from our end. But she fucking chooses Christian. And I'm like, yes, deserve. Deserve. I, but he they yes. put him inside a bear, right? So parang it's also a symbolism based on their beliefs that he that was the spirit, yeah. an evil spirit, diba? So talaga talaga mo Christian evil he ka. He really so, yeah, did deserve, deserve that. And you know, just to see him somehow before before being put into the bear, he's all paralyzed and shit. So it's like, haha. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, I, I feel like he, you know, para, to add to add something. To think about, I think he could feel yeah, it, but he just, just couldn't react to kind of to, paralyzed to, to, to the fire. Because they didn't give him that thing. The but they, he, the an elder was giving the volunteers like a tree sap. Well, apparently, it didn't for, work for, for one the of them because he was still screaming when he was being burst into flames. And what if he did have that with you to begin with? If you were just going to burn. You felt everything, but well, you couldn't scream or couldn't move. <laughs> he absolutely did. And the deadpan look on Danny's face when all this is happening, you know, that just really… I, I, I got a lot of mixed feelings about that one. It's like, on the one hand, I know that she's working through a lot of shit. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, does she fully comprehend what's going on? Or, or is she it just Maybe reacting? it's her descent into madness. Also that. Yeah. Oh my but god, this is where I fell in love with Florence Pugh mm-hmm. even before like… Before black women, uh, black widow and little women, (laughs) but yeah, something similar also. Those both movies have this iconic shot of just that snap, that turnaround of both their lead female characters just like going crazy. Because you know, Toni Collette's face after her husband bursts into flame, and then she suddenly like does this deep breath and she's suddenly possessed. That is fucking creepy, and that is comparable definitely to Danny's. Frown or like 
I don't even know how to describe her face at first, but she later on just ends up smiling and accepting her fate and just celebrating the whole thing. It's uh, it's it's uh, unsettling, very unsettling. These changes in these actors. I think they're all nutty by the end of it. I mean, well, she's the only one left alive, essentially. But the 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 thing about the commune is they 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 are very set in their ways. And they are indeed very cultish in the way they approach things. But what I like about it is that they are all so committed to oh, it. Yeah. Where, you know, they, 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 they will all turn out in force if you're going to commit your ritualistic suicide. They're all going to help cover up random murders and, you know, put limbs in the flower beds. <laughs> or they're… Somebody's gonna help make a blood eagle to hang up in the barn. <laughs> I, 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 that, I don't know what kind of indoctrination that takes. Or did they do the usual cult thing of preying on people? What you said earlier, who are at their most vulnerable and cheering them up and whatnot. But, you know, at the end of the day, the whole boho chic thing, the whole <laughs> cottage core, re- they make it work. They really do. I, cottage core is so catchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, funny, funny inf- you know, like okay, there's this interesting info I found out about production of Midsommar is that each and every costume for for the talent, the extras, everything was handmade Ooh. and not what everything was unique. It everything is one of a kind. <laughs> what the hell? Can we, can we keep that? <laughs> I want to keep that. I would love there's to keep that. There's a fucking cat. There's their fucking cats waiting outside. That's why I couldn't focus on the conversation. You just had a jump scare in real life. Oh my god. So I thought it was a. Bi- Did you guys see that I took out I one of my it. earphones? I actually heard the cats. Oh do I? Like right yeah, yeah, now. I heard it. I, I don't it, hear no, kanina kasi, like I thought I heard a baby crying. So I pulled out one of my earphones. Putang ira, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> oh my God, my armpits are sweating. <laughs> Shit. Fucking Although I feel like now that you mention it, Misha, um, I feel like it would be so fun to play one of those cult members. Because you just commit to the role. You look stupid. <laughs> you're you're wailing. wailing and you're dancing around. I feel like it's so much fun to play one of those roles. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I just got freaked out. I'm not over it. It's okay. <laughs> You notice that's why I said Karina. Sorry, can I just sorry? I just have to let it out. That's why I called Misha because I couldn't focus because I was listening. I know. Uh, no, sorry, Taga. You're sorry, you're... sorry about that. Fucking hell, man. Oh man. I was actually now. ready. Like if ever something happened, putang ina manana pa ako. At saka may makakita kasi I'm on the Where do we uh, go I said um, I was saying that um, isn't it would be so much fun to play one of those cults. Oh, yeah, I would yeah, be yeah. so down. I would be like I don't know, like to go to one of the maybe like Ingmar <laughs> or something, leading like leading like my own flock of sheep. To the oh damn! I don't know. But, but all too. things considered, you look like a very pleasant cult. Oh yeah, know, psychedelic mushrooms, <laughs> flowers. Well, the every first which thing way. they offered were drugs. Like everybody was like, <laughs> okay. And dance competitions, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which Danny totally won. And now she's the May Queen. May Queen. I, I just have to say, like, Ari Aster, like, 
to sum up both movies, like Ari Aster has this thing, like he he loves like his most common theme for now, like with the two movies. Is, <laughs> Fuck. This is my breakdown. And then Anjo's gonna go out there, there and check out those back. stupid cats and then like, he's not oh, gonna no. come back and it's gonna be all creepy. Or when he comes back, he's not himself. Or when he comes back, there's like weird lens flares around him. Or like his eyes are shaped differently oh, anyway, now. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like he comes back, first thing he says is… Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to sum things up. Yeah. <laughs> now, to sum things up, like Ari Aster like goes into a deep dive of grief. Like he shows it in both movies, like how different people handle it differently. Def- different situations of grief as well. We see that in both movies. We we also know that he likes cults <laughs> yep. a lot. And secret societies with you know very archaic and paganistic mm-hmm. rituals. We don't like it's a very common theme in his movies. And for that, I appreciate it because they're all so well done. Also well yeah, researched. It, yeah, actually, it's not it's just, done without ample mm-hmm. research. Because after watching Midsommar, yeah. don't you just want to go into this rabbit hole of Swedish pagan rituals? And apparently, throwing yep. the elders off a cliff was mm-hmm. really a thing. Yep. And and not, not, not yeah, just that. Things. Like everything is, as a bonus, everything is presented so beautifully, both in Hereditary and uh-huh. Midsommar. I'm not even going to say beautifully in Hereditary because I was just, you know, on edge for the entire <laughs> thing. I think Midsommar is more effective so, in that it, it gives you that false sense of security. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know, in, in visually speaking, I think there's very, there's something that's very reminiscent of how Kubrick, or Andy Kubrick would frame his shots. Like would prefer his shots to be framed. Like everything is so well balanced. Everything is like, everything is just so well balanced, so well composed. Like, Oh, and, you know. and, and if you see, and if you see also the, the flowers or the plants in Midsommar, they're kind of actually breathing or they find, or they like form faces at some mm-hmm. point too. It's like, Ugh. Did you know that though, that there's this one shot where, Danny is walking from point A to point B, and that her sister's face showed up in the trees in the background. Yeah, dude. Like at some point. Fucking creepy shit. Yes, it did. Because, mm. you know, she's still clearly traumatized. I, I don't know. Like, it's but, just, I don't know if it's too soon to call him an auteur, but it's definitely an auteur in the making. Because mm. he's just done two full length movies. Yes, I'm I haven't so, seen his shorts. I'm so happy we used the A word on somebody else now. <laughs> Yeah, somebody. the last time wait, we used it, oh my god! Maybe we have to go back. So it's, you know, like his his resume is still not as extensive as others, but we know in the two movies he's done, he's you know he's produced both. Both movies have very similar themes, very similar, um, you know, in uh, concepts and visuals. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we know that he has a very distinct style. Yeah, and even through his short films, actually, his library of short films, they may not have all been about cults or grief, but you still know that element of looming darkness Mm-mm. or something yes. hiding in underneath. Yeah. So he does, he really does have a style already. It's strong from the very start, which makes us even more excited for whatever is coming. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And especially yeah. that it's going to be Walking Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But. So, so, so weird yeah. on weird. Yeah, just, just, just <laughs> fucked okay. up shit. So Ari Aster, who hurt you? That's my that's my end that's question. Our, who that's hurt our you? Our question. Like, what happened to you, man? <laughs> you okay. Okay. Closing thoughts. What do you think we're gonna see from this guy moving forward? 
more fucked up shit. <laughs> but that's a good thing though, right? Because you know, that's what we that's what we want from him. I, like, yeah, I am I am frightened. I'm genuinely frightened and excited at the same time. I feel like you he's know. gonna be one of those directors that, you know, like other filmmakers will aspire to be like, you know, like Wes Anderson has this very distinct style. Chris Nolan has this very distinct style. And then, you you know, there's going to be an Ari Aster type peg already. Like, and then he's just oh, going to just surprise and do like a musical comedy. Like, oh <laughs> my God. But if he does it well, What if he not? does like Hereditary, the musical? Oh, oh fuck Christ. that shit. No way. <laughs> and it's all guttural noises. Oh God. For songs. Or there's, or there's like a song that just goes… <laughs> when we're when we're done recording, can you guys stay on the Zoom call just when I go back to my room? <laughs> okay, but yeah, last thoughts. Um, so yeah, um, to kind of wrap this up, we can already establish that as small as Ari Aster's current library is so far, there's so much more to be seen from him, and he's already has this mastery of his craft. So. Definitely, no matter how much we complain that his movies are fucking us up, we're still gonna watch them anyway just because of how wonderfully crafted it is. Story-wise, visuals, how he directs his actors, and everything else. So, yeah. I'm definitely mm-hmm. looking forward to the next one. Like, me too. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait for whatever output is gonna come up with because for sure it's gonna be great. Hopefully, yeah. I think I see nothing but you know upside for Ari Aster's career mm-hmm. as a filmmaker. Um, yeah, same same thoughts in general for for my part. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he comes up with next, and I honestly would like to see him try other genres just to see, like, mm. unless this is just really his niche, you know? Maybe. Wait, guys, legit tayo second second Actually, I think I think like. A tour in the making because you know it's not yeah. the library as you mentioned it's not this extensive. Mm-hmm. Something that's cool is that like if you look at Midsommar and you look at Hereditary they're basically kind of like mirrors to each other in that like Hereditary dark. starts out as something else before it becomes full on horror versus uh, uh, but it, it it grounds the story before it becomes a horror movie mm-hmm. versus Um, Midsommar, which starts out making you think it's one kind of a horror movie, you know, the cult in the countryside and all that sort of thing, before becoming an actually very empowering tale of, you know, how to get over an asshole breakup. <laughs> actually, that's one thing I was looking looking at because you could probably see how much shit goes down on Midsommar Mm-mm. and people die and everything. But at the end of the day, you have your protagonist, Danny. And if you look at it, it's if you can look at it another way, it could still be a happy ending for her. Because she's she's released, she's free, she's happy, she belongs to a community, and she got rid of her fucking asshole boyfriend. So I don't know, as as dark as it is, I would say it's a happy ending, at least. That's why it, it, that's why I mentioned earlier that it was probably one of the most cathartic endings to a horror movie. Fair or enough. endings Fair in enough. general, because of that. One close-up shot of her smiling, and it's in satisfaction. Yeah, and it's a weird Or feeling. Insanity. Well, that's true as well. But at least she's happier than where uh-huh. she started off. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but you know, the Joker <laughs> smiles all the damn time. Come on, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah. defending it, but I'm just. <laughs> I'm just we like both, I'm happy we, for we you, Danny. I'm happy for you. I get that you. the story 
provided her a cathartic outlet, but I don't know if her mental state <laughs> is in any position to appreciate that. So, <laughs> let us know in the comments what you guys thought about the ending to Midsommar, what you thought about all the old oh. age nudity in both movies. Oh. Let us know what you thought about Tony Collette oh. in Hereditary. Let us know also Brilliant. what you think of Ari Aster's short films, which we will be sharing in the group. Tino's dick out. fart. We are on <laughs> Facebook. We are. We have the official page. Subotours. We like movies. Check us out also on Instagram at sub underscore tours. We are going to be sharing memes. We are going to be sharing our latest episodes. Yeah. And we want to hear from all of you guys. Yay. We are so happy to have had a second auteur on the show not named <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Please join us again next time. This is our Halloween episode. We want to get things off to a good start for this month. We've got a lot more coming up and we hope you guys are around to hear it. Thank you so much. We are the Saboteurs. We are your hosts. I'm Misha. I'm MJ. And I'm Andrew. I just want to get out of this room because some fucking cats are <laughs> fucking creeping me sure, out. Sure, sure, cats. Uh, one, one. I, ju- dude, I fucking jumped twice during the <laughs> recording. <laughs>